Welcome to PageCast at Kingsmead Book Fair, proudly brought to you by Jonathan Ball Publishers. Right now, we are joined by the incredible and wonderful Mercy Nandega, author of Don't Upset Omalume. Welcome, Mercy. Thank you so much. Thank you for me. Thank you. Um, I'd first like to start with a confession. I am a diluted Kosa individual. <laughs> I feel like you wrote this book for me. <laughs> yeah. Where are you from? Where is it? Um, my family's from the Eastern Cape, um, Staxbreit. Oh, yeah. But I am like born and bred in Johannesburg. Okay. So I never really spoke Iskosa. Yeah. We spoke Isizulu at home. With your parents? Yes. Okay. Um, and I think that's largely to do with my maternal side and my grandmother yeah. speaking Isizulu. So inevitable. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for writing such an important and powerful book for people thank like you. myself. Thank you. Who, it's written for township uh, children. I just want to start off by saying that your book, Don't Upset Omalume, aims to preserve and reconnect Kosa people to their cultural heritage. What motivated you to write this book? I think uh, I always say that when I came back studying from abroad, I needed something to do. I didn't get a job. I hit my dark hole. And it is through writing the stories that I share here that my days would light up. I would take pictures and then I would write. I was living with my mom. I moved to live with my mom in the village in 2019. And so I started just writing, maybe take a picture of Imbiza, a pot yes. uh, cooking outside in Liluin. Yes. Then my mom and my mom would call me, come take a picture. And I think she saw that that was my escape from my dark hole, taking pictures and writing. So it started just as that as Facebook posts and it turned into a book. And also when I was abroad, many people, when I lived in Europe, I lived in Ireland and France and people would ask, where can I, what book can I read about your culture? Because you talk so fondly of your culture. What can I read? And I was like, scratch my head and be like, ah, can't think from the top of my head. And I was like, there's a need in the market. There's a need for this book. You know, there's a need to write about the culture, something that's accessible to people. So I was like, okay, this is the right time to write. So it came from many things. And also from like in university, you meet friends yes. who have grown up in around Johannesburg and everything who are closer, but they don't, they are not closer because I mean, they are closer, but they don't speak their language and they don't know anything. So I was like, a tribute to those, like, yeah, 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 to those, like, the people who grew up in the cities and they don't want to upset Omalume back home. They need to learn is closer. So it was for them, like, the people who grew up in townships and cities and who are closer want to learn about the culture but have nowhere else to learn about it. Even when I go back home to Estexpreit, hmm. you know, there's certain things that are said and done hmm. that I don't necessarily resonate with, you know, and it's, it's such a pity, but your book literally brings me back home and wants me to go back home and actually learn everything. Yeah. Um, your book actually inspired me to have conversations with my family and say to them, it's actually very important for, you know, what do we do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad it does that. That's what I want to do. No, it really does. Yeah. It does that and, and, and more. Yeah. You thank know. you. Um, how do you believe it can contribute to the preservation of Kosa culture for future generations? Yeah. As you say that our culture is not documented. So this is an initiation towards that. This is a start of documenting because I can imagine that 50 years down the line in the archives, some child from who has, his lineage is all in Johannesburg, but they hear that Makulua came, blah, 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 came from this and that. Mm. So I want it to be an existing closer archive for now and for later, 
you know. Wow, I love that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, do you actively like motivate people to to document their stories as well? I do. I outside do. of the book. Okay, yeah, fantastic. I do. Because I mean, if you don't write it down, then it disappears. Exactly. The next person, because oral can go so far. Yeah. And oral changes because I mean, if, if, if for example, if we're saying, okay, like the stories we used to tell, the composition, you know, if if we talk, if we're lost together in in Gungu, uh, when we are writing, we're writing from different perspective, 100%. because that's what you got. Maybe I was fascinated by 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 the mist, I was fascinated by the forest. Oh, you were eating your pants. You were scared, you know. So you're writing from a point of fear. So when someone tells a story, it depends, you know. Mm. The gist disappears based on someone's emotions and feelings. But when you write. You know, it's some, it's somewhere written. The, the, the initial, the initial feeling or the initial experience is locked somewhere, is freed somewhere in a book. So I think that's the most important thing for me that we, we freeze these moments. You know, one day we're not going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. That is so, so true. Yeah. Do you mind sharing with us some of the insights into the process of interweaving your personal experiences, um, from Kele yeah. and Bulunga villages okay. with the lessons? I hope I pronounced it correctly. Bulungula. Bulungula. Yes. <laughs> with the lessons and teachings from your mother and late grandmothers. Yeah. So I think when I, when I went to study and I, I, I came, I lived, I lived abroad. When I lived abroad, I had this yearning. Yeah. home, yearning for connecting. I've always been a connected person because I've been raised by my two grandmothers mm -hmm. from my paternal side and my maternal side. And I was much more closer with the paternal one. She thought she was very educated. She had a great age. And uh, she thought she was very civilized and educated. And from my mother's side, she had never been to school and she was very proud of that. So I grew up from the beginning. My life is set on a very two different uh, sides, you know, it's paradoxical yeah. in a way, came to understanding and embracing those because my mother now was a hybrid, you know, from my mother-in-law's education and she also went to school and dropped out at varsity and from her mother who has never been to school. So now I become a hybrid of a hybrid because my mother has this level of education, at least she can get around. She had grade 12 and which was a biggest thing that time. And she embraced both ways, you know, yes. and, and she, she, she's very, she's deeply rooted in her, in her culture, in her mother's, uh, in her family's roots. So I took on that, you know, when I moved in the, into the village in, in 2018, it was not difficult for me because this is the life I know. Yes. It wasn't difficult to just be barefoot and, you know, and also, and then I would switch and I would fly out of the village and I go to Cape Town. I mingle with my friends. That life for me is easy. I'm a social chameleon in a way, because in the city I fit, I mean, I've lived in the cities, I've lived abroad. I, you can put me anywhere, you know, and also, but what I, what I, what I appreciate most is that my mother has taught me to respect all people. Yes. You know, as cliche that is that may sound, but that's sinking in as I grow up. Because if I didn't respect people, if I felt like people were undereducated and all that, that I was better, I wouldn't have gotten the story of this book. I wouldn't have mm. caught it. Mm. But because I was able to sit at the feet of elders in the villages, my village in Mkhail, and also in, in, in the village that I stay at now, Burungula, I'm able to sit with elders and uh I actually probe them to tell the stories and then I'm gonna say, Hey, they're asking they're asking too much. What happened? Like what happened to your husband? How did you meet your husband? And then they will laugh and whine and try to hide and blush, but they'll tell me the stories. And in those stories, you realize that 
they 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 are they are telling about the story, but you pick that oh, there's rituals that that, that were done mm-hmm. that or when they were getting married or when they were doing this and that she got sick when she was married and she went home and the car was slaughtered and all that. So I picked those details and that's what I've weaved into this book. So it's conversations, but it's like I normally say eighty percent of the book or even more is my mom. Yes, it's her knowledge 100%. about the culture, very much so. But all the nitty details that I got in, I got from outside were kind of confirming. Uh, things she had t- told me and also were kind of giving me different perspectives because she can tell me stories from her perspective but other perspectives now have made it such a diverse you know diverse stories so it's been a wonderful journey you know being in the village and in the cities I can imagine I mean and it just shows how rich in culture you are yeah. you know it's broadened your your horizon and your perspective and your worldview you know you're not just a one-dimensional person and that's what I love about you even following you on social media you you. know you're just multifaceted you know um how did you strike a balance between sharing your personal anecdotes and conveying a comprehensive guide to Kwasa culture yeah so I'm a person of um connecting if I don't connect with you then I don't know what to do with you you know and uh I connect through stories. Okay. Uh, not that in a bad way to say I don't know what to do with you, but I okay. I want your story. Yes. I want the story. So I felt like to to share this, uh, I need to tell my story. People want stories. People love stories. People love authentic stories. So I was like, okay, and people relate to stories. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna share it from my perspective, from my 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 life stories. Um, it's quite difficult to see which stories not to share because sometimes when I share something. It doesn't come across as something worth sharing or good to be shared. I have siblings, I have cousins, I have everybody. So I've had to kind of navigate that, uh, trying to, because you don't want to tell your family stories, your family treasures in a way, or secrets, if I want to put it that mm. way, all in the name of wanting to share. So you have to be careful on how you navigate, you know, so... It's been quite an interesting journey, but I love sharing. I mean, I share my life. I mean, okay. I'm very public. My stories are out there, but about personal, personal things, yes, you won't you. really know, you know. And I love telling stories. So I will take a story. So there's something that has been confusing people in my, I share poetry yes. sometimes. So I love telling stories from a first person point of view because I feel like I can have an emotion. When I'm, if I'm saying, uh, she was, I would be like, I am. Mm. She, I am this and that and that. And then someone's in, like, people will call me, are you going through that? Are you okay? I'm like, I'm a writer. <laughs> I write however way I want. I'm telling stories, you know. So that for me is um, how I process life in general. I love what you said when you started, um, when you said that you want to hear people's stories. Mm. I feel like Umakuluam always, when somebody walks in, mm. she wants to know, Ikama and Isvongo and where you oh, from, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and sometimes we're just like, hey, go, go, like, uh-uh. it's but, but it's it, our it, culture. It makes sense. Exactly. Mm. It's your roots because our culture, we relate to people by roots. So when you say, then someone will say, oh, my, 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 my mother was, Manyauza. so now you're related. So in the African, like wherever I travel in Africa, people always want to relate. Yeah, that is so true. So true. Um, Cultural preservation preservation is often a dynamic and evolving process. Mm -hmm. In what ways do you address the challenges and changes 
that Cossack culture may face in the modern world within the pages of your book? Yeah, so I talk about the evolution of culture and the importance to shift. Um, Just now I was talking about how my culture still doesn't treat, in the book it's there, doesn't treat married women. Mm. You know, we're talking about CEOs now of companies. We're talking about owners of businesses, entrepreneurs. How do you belittle that person to be a servant? You know, there's a culture of servitude of uh, in-law, daughter-in-laws in in our culture. Mm. And that needs to evolve. I think the way we raise boys now to be bosses and everything, it's the same way we should raise girls to be, to be, to be bosses and everything that they can be. If she can't cook, if he can't cook, what does he eat? You know, if she can't cook, then she will eat what he's eating when he's not cooking. You know, that kind of thing, the balance and the, the, the equality. Because remember now, it's not this time whereby girls were just prepared to be married. You know, we are not just being packaged now yeah. to be sent away. We are packaged to, to leave, you know, so we should be prepared to do things like that. It's, it's many things in the culture that need to evolve, that need to change, not to be modernized, but not to be considerate of the times we're in, yes. you know. So boy, child and girl, child, equal, same WhatsApp group, please, you know, let's raise them. Exactly. Mm. But now, eh, eh, Lalini, do you think those conversations are actually being had or? Eh? As Lalini, those conversations are had, but from a, like, like, that's wrong, that she should learn mm. how to cook, she should do this, she should do that. But I normally tease and laugh at the older women when they say that, ay, bo. What if she doesn't want to get married? And then I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Are you trying to tell me you're not going to get married? I didn't say I don't want to get married, but I'm just saying, what if I don't get married? Should I live my life waiting to be chosen? You know, should you raise your girls to be on pedestals, not living because they need to keep themselves for boys? Are boys keeping themselves? No. So it's conversation that are starting. I think. I love leading by example because the women, the older women and the older men in the village, they will never say, oh, we're in daughter when you're a man. Yeah. Because you do what you want when you want to, you know, that you drive a car. It's a very rare thing for a woman, young woman to drive a car in my villages, you know. It's, uh, it's reality. Yes. You know, it's not very many women who can drive a car. I'm, I'm happy because the younger, the younger generation, the younger ones are seeing that, oh, if Mrs. Sombergas is driving a car, then I can drive a car. You know, if she's working, then I can work, you know, this and that. And also it's establishing that you can't do this from a village, that you don't have to run away from the village to be yourself. I'll wear my short short in the village. And the mama was like, hey, me on my, like, like, because I live some five minutes walk from the beach. Yes. So why should I wear a long skirt if I'm going to exactly. swim? <laughs> so they'd be like, and, and, and they laugh that, but I want to install it in the young girls yes. that you can. You can wear your shirt if you want. If you not here, where? Where? Because yeah. where do you live? Where yes, do I live exactly. now? So should I wait until I'm in Cape Town to wear my shirt? How many times do I go to Cape Town a year? You know? Yeah. So those uh-uh. are vital questions. Yes. You, I feel like you're asking the right questions mm. to the right people. Exactly. Well. And they laugh it off, you know, because they of understand course. that time that yeah, I'm actually changing the times have changed. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. How do you encourage readers to adapt and carry forward their cultural heritage while embracing the present? Um, I think the curiosity to know what was. That, that, I think that keeps me on my toes because I, I'm always interested. What did my grandmothers wear? What did they eat? Mm. How did they do their hair? You know, it's, it's the curiosity. So it's, the, it's, the, it's knowing that I'm here. I'm living this life, but I'm connected to a big, much bigger life. 
you know, the, the, the saying that we stand upon the shoulders of the giants. Yes. I am standing on my grandmother's and my great-grandmother's grandfather's shoulders, and I have a better view of the world. But does that mean I should leave what, what, what I'm standing upon? If I kick it off, then I fall. So if we, if we don't learn from the past, then we are, we are, we are fumbling. We are, we are in suspension. So we stand upon the shoulders of giants. We need to appreciate those, those shoulders that we're standing upon. We need to know their capacity, their strengths. You know, you can't stand on the shoulders of a person and he along the bar and we sana. You know, so it's understanding their strength. Who were they? What were they up to? What did they stand for? Then what do I stand for? What do I take from them? Then you become a hybrid and a stronger person. I love hybrids. Sure. Yeah, no, you absolutely do. I love, I love them. And I mean, it's such a, it's, it's, it's so powerful. And it's a powerful mm. way of looking at things, mm. you know, just yeah. in, in general. Yeah, true. Sure. Mm. The title of your book, Don't Upset Omalume, hints at the significance of respect and honoring cultural norms. Can you elaborate on the role of respect and etiquette within Kosa culture? And how these values are conveyed in your book. Yeah. So the title itself, don't upset Amaluma. So Amaluma are the custodians of, uh, of the culture. Absolutely. Amaluma is, uh, is your mother's brother. It's normally the, they become our fathers because most of us are born out of wedlock and your mother is single and, uh, you are raised, the father figure that you know is your uncle. So it is respecting them because your uncle will, will be the person responsible for your ceremonies, your rituals. If you're a boy, you know, so as much as Malume is kind of a drunkard and wabilili can't get here and there, <laughs> you need to respect him. It tells you of how much respect is not about status. Respect is about humanity. That you need this person, they need you. You need to respect them, whatever, no matter whatever they are, whoever they are. That's what I've grown up. My mother... Would normally say, Yes. Like that, when, even if it's a, it's a kind of a marriage person who's passing by, give them food, give them water, and let them go. That's respect. That's understanding that the person has a need as much as the, they are whatever they are. So our culture is centered around that. Uh, it is centered around respecting elders. Despite what the society, what they look like in the society, they might be mentally ill or with their mental, whatever issues. And not maybe just someone who doesn't fit into the normal boxes of the society. But our culture, if it's a dada or a mama or a sissy or a buddy, you need to give them respect accordingly, despite their status or anything. Sure, that yeah. is so true. So, yeah. so true. Uh-huh. And um, through your work, you hope to reconnect Amakosa to their roots. Uh-huh. What impact do you envision? Don't upset Omalume having on the Kosa community as a whole. So, yeah, you know that the Kosa, that's why I talk about that all is in Zama Kosa, Zizuzama Kosa, Mamponda, Mamponda, Misama Shubi, and all that. There is this division in, in, in our, in our, in our wood Kosa Betu that Ungwasa stay crazy, that is mean, that means you're not Kosa enough. Yeah. But, uh, we shouldn't do that. This book collects everybody because within Amakosa, you know, like the whole, um, Treating people as one, you know, this pacification of everybody. But within Amakosa, because that's the, that's the issue about trying to wipe off certain heritages. We need to allow heritages to be. Amambondomisa should arise as Amambondomisa should show us what they do, how they do things, what the language, you know, because Amakosa speak different languages within Iskosa Song. Amambondo speak different Iskosa. And we need to embrace. We don't have to fix, try to fix people and to, no, 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 come here, 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 here's the line, the proper closer. So there's nothing proper. If we should uh, we should allow humanity to be diverse. Humanity is diverse, exactly. And so this book says it's okay. 
because I'm Ibomvan, because I'm Ibomvan, and I've written this book from a perspective of Ibomvan, this is not a representation of all Amman Kosi, but at least there's some common places, there's linkages. Yes. Then let's work on the links, and then you can tell your story. And then we can all come together, all 12 or 13 or whatever. You tell your story. What is in Donjana according to Maslub? What is done? Impondo mm. comes, they tell in Donjana according to Impondo. Impondo Mr. comes, you know, Ibadza comes, and on and on and on. And then it becomes a beautiful fusion of, of Amakos, you know, because I'm not right. <laughs> I'm not the only right person. Exactly. You're not right. But let's bring our stories. Let's share. Let's create, because I feel like we have not created platforms for sharing this, we always want to correct people. Yes, mm. that's so true. There's this purism uh, that's circulating that uh, we are the pure causes because no, 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 there's no such thing. Our heritage is diverse. Let's embrace it as it is. Sure. Would you write a book where you gather all 12 of us, you know? I'd love to, if I mean, uh, given time. Please, given time. You, you, I think you have to, sometime. That would be a big book. Uh, given time, because I mean, I'd love to break it down. Like it would be... A, the, what I envision is a is a tour around the Matkos. Wow! A, from I'm from the former trans sky to the former sky, whereby we have conversations with people, sure. like a kind of a research. Mm. What does Indonesia mean to you? So we represent, like, so we know that we have spoken to Impondo, and what does Indonesia mean to them? And then we create themes out of that, the themes that are fitting to whatever conversation. Based on import, based on it should be based on that, and then we can trickle that down into and, and fuse it into. We divide it into is into the That would be an interesting book. A book I tour. mean, I would love a to, beautiful tour. That's exactly. I would definitely form part of that. Kind Unif- of tour unifying. I would be learning mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, in fact, everybody who yeah. who takes part and participates yeah. in that would be because we really need that. Learning. We need that to know that we are diverse and we should embrace. But we need to find our linkages. Where do we find our linkages? We need these interviews. Mm, we need these talks. We need this writing so that you know that, okay, you, I allow you to be as to explain your story. Yes. So you are very Sotu based. And that's okay. Yeah. You don't have to, to, you know, like, uh, you know, the old customs of Chinese women fitting into small shoes. You have small feet. Yeah. We can't do that to our cultures. We don't fit people into small shoes. Well, I have a, a funny question to ask. So my friend and I, um, Always have this debate. So, you know, we say, mm. and in varsity, I used to be like, no, no, and she'd be like, what? Fever. Blue. Like, a fever. And I'm like, no, and she's just like, in Kosa, we don't say that. Yes. And that's what she said. But us, you know, the point shouldn't be to correct you, but it is to understand. What you why? mean? Why? And why are we saying that? Why are you saying that? Where did it come from? Yeah. So I think we need to flip now and change. Yes, I'll tell you what, how we say it, but it's not how you should say it, maybe. It's not how you guys say it. So when they explained to me, they were actually just saying, Uguti, um, it's a more sensitive way of saying it. And, you know, it's hmm. because it's telling someone over on the phone, you know, it's, exactly. Because nobody tells you a bereavement over the phone. Exactly. They'll say, so come home, yakula, and yeah. they have already passed on there in the mortuary. But in our cultures, nobody tells you about Mama Kusulikil. Nobody will ever do that. No, Not on course. the phone. 
So that hey, mama, kaka, bameke kakul, kafika pekai. And then you are divans one note, and you're like, yo, my mother has passed on, let me rush home. Yeah. You know? But it's intellectually, because it's not in our languages. Exactly, yes. Thank you so much, Mercy, for joining us today. We really hope that the listeners had some fun listening and probably had some laughs at my Isizulu and Kosa mix. We really hope that everyone goes out to their best and great bookstores to grab a copy of Don't Upset Omalume, a guide to stepping up your Kosa game. Thank, Thank you. you Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. Thank you.